Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. We're continuing our series through the month of December, looking at the Christmas story. And it's, it's so packed full of life and so packed full of goodness for you. But so many times Christmas comes and goes, and we realize, wow, where did it go? And so for, for many of us, many times Christmas is a time that we're so busy, we're at different parties and different events, and we're, we're running all over the place. But for me, and I'm sure for you too, something inside of us kind of slows down a little bit. We, we, we begin to consider what Christmas is all about. And, and what we re- recognize is through this time, there's something incredibly majestic about this Christmas season. And my heart during this time opens up to the, to the majesty, to the beauty, to the power of what God is saying to us through Christmas. And I know this, that if we fully were to understand, if we were fully to embrace the, the goodness and the message of Jesus, there would be a peace that settles in us in a way that maybe we haven't ever experienced before. If we really understood the message of God through Christmas, there would be an assurance, a steadiness that kind of locks itself into our hearts because there is an assurance, there is a, there is a, um, a completeness and a calmness that's anchored to our lives when we understand God's plan and his heart for us through the Christmas story. And I believe this, that, that God wants to remove this idea that you somehow need to perform for him. The message of Christmas is that, is that you don't have to perform for God. That he has come and made a way in spite of you and despite you. There's a truth of this that while we were yet sinners, not only did Christ die for us, but God sent his son for us. While you were a sinner, while you had nothing to offer to God, he still sent his love to be shown to us in a babe in a manger. And so the Christmas stories, I believe, it wants to remove the idea that God's love for you is determined on if you don't mess up. You know what, God, God said, that's what a lot of us have this idea that God thinks, you know what, I'll love you if you don't mess up. Or I'll love you if you do everything right, then I'll love you. But the reality that the Christmas story tells us that you don't have to prove yourself to God. The message of Christmas can set us free from the pressures of being enough. And replace it with a deep peace that you being enough actually has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus being enough for you. This is the beauty of the message of Christmas. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus born in a manger came because he was enough for you. And the message of Christmas is that he still is enough for you. This event that happened over 2,000 years ago in a little town outside of Jerusalem. Why is it so special? Why is it that most people in the world celebrate Christmas? Why is it that the week of Christmas, billions of people shut down work, they they celebrate, they go to church services, they remember Christmas, they gather in their homes. What makes Christmas so special? The fact is the birth of Jesus Christ, this, please hear me today because we, as Christians we like to always try to place stuff to compete with Jesus, whether we willingly do it or not or knowingly do it or not. 
But the fact that the birth of Jesus Christ, here's the truth, it is the most significant event in the history of mankind that ever was and ever will be. It's very important that we understand that. It split, his birth split the language of how we track history into A.D. and B.C. So why does Christmas matter? And I believe God has a beautiful message to you during the season of Christmas. And God has a message to you through the birth of his son, Jesus. And I want to hear that message today. And I want you to receive it today. My heart for you is that you will leave here today with a greater assurance of God's heart for you, of his kindness towards you, of his passion towards you. And I want us to look at this account in the book of Luke when the angels appeared to the shepherds. They were carrying a message from God to the shepherds, but just like the word of God, though, though it was written then, many, many years ago, it still speaks today because it is alive, it is active, it is sharper than two-edged sword, and it, and it has application to our lives today. So I want us to hear God's message to you through this Christmas season, through the mouth of the angel. So Luke chapter 2, we'll, we'll jump straight into this Christmas, amazing Christmas story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, as all of us would be as well. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. God has a message to you through this Christmas story. And I want to jump straight into this because I really believe the Lord wants to minister to you today. This is the greatest story this is the greatest incredible fulfillment of God's plan to redeem you, to show his love for you. So let's jump straight into this. What is God's message to you through this Christmas time? Number one, the message is this. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. That's why the angel, when he spoke to the shepherds in that situation, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. You see, the angel, imagine this, an angel appearing to the shepherds in the middle of the night and speaking to them. Listen, every one of us would freak out. I promise you this. Every one of us would get scared. That's why the angel said, hey, chill out. It's okay. You don't, don't, you don't need to freak out. But the truth is this. Many of us are fearful today who haven't seen an angel in the middle of the night speaking to them. Many of us probably in this room are riddled with the what-ifs of life and the fear of life. What if things turn out this way? Many of us are looking at an uncertain future. We're wondering, God, how is all of this going to work out? And it becomes crippling and paralyzing to us. 
Many of us have a low-grade fear, and we don't even know why it's there. We find ourselves in the morning or the middle of the night or in the middle of the day with this sense of anxiety and fear, and we can't even, we can't even put our finger on it. And most of the time when we talk about fear, it's connected to things like fear of flying or fear of dying or some fear of clowns or fear of spiders. And there are actually, there are aspects of fear that really are true. And I know this, I know there are many opportunities in life to be fearful. There are many things to be thinking through, well, what if this happens, what if this happens, or what if I lose my job, or what if my my loved one gets hurt, or what if I get hurt, or what if... I never get married, or or what if the economy falls apart, or what if I get sick, or what if my kids make the wrong choices, or what if my choices that I'm making are wrong. There are legitimate reasons to be fearful, but fear goes on and on and on. And there are healthy fears in life, and there are unhealthy fears in life, but this is what I know. As, As I look over even our culture, this underlining kind of title this, this, this tidal wave of fear is really causing many of us to act the way that we do. Much of what we do, much of what we say is based on fear. What if this is true? What if this happens? And we're acting out in fear because we're afraid that if we don't act out in this way, then our fears will come to fruition. Many parents parent out of fear and they, they create these 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 lives for these children because they think if I just protect them and keep them, nothing will happen to them. Well, what they've done is they've created a child that now operates by fear. Many of us have relationships that we operate by fear or marriages that we operate in fear. Instead of operating out of love and trust and peace, we operate out of fear, which gives us our security in those relationships but creates a toxic relational environment. Fear drives much of what we do. There are some healthy things with fear, like if you were to stand on the edge of a building and look down, you should feel weird, and you should be, that fear, healthy fear says, I want you to step back just a little bit. That's healthy. But there are unhealthy areas of fear that really all of us have in our lives. I just want to read to you, if you were to look up phobias and look at all the different phobias that we have in our culture, it's actually, it's crazy. Some of them are legit, some of them not legit. I just want to read some of them to you. There's um, acrophobia, which is the fear of heights, which I just mentioned. There's aerophobia, the fear of flying. Maybe some of you have that. Arachnophobia, the fear of spiders, which actually someone on our staff has that, but I'm not going to tell you who they are. Astrophobia, which is the fear of thunder and lightning, which if you've ever been in a lightning or thunderstorm, it, it's, it generates one in the middle of that. Autophobia, the fear of being alone. Claustrophobia, the fear of confined or crowded spaces. Hemophobia, which is the fear of blood. Hydrophobia, the fear of water. Zoophobia is the fear of animals. Here are some unique fears, but they're actually real. Electorophobia, which is the fear of scary chickens. Listen, if you struggle with that today, I just have one thing to share with you. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. I'm so sorry. I, that was mean. That was mean. Automatophobia is the fear of names. So you're afraid of names, and so they named whatever you're afraid of, which causes you more fear. So anyway, for you hipsters out there, you probably won't like this one. It's called, it's called pogonophobia, which is the fear of beards. Look out. 
It's Christmas time too. That's why kids freak out when they sit on Santa's lap because of the beard. That's what it is. Anyway, and then there's this one. You have a phobia phobia. You're afraid of phobias. You freak out over phobias. There are other ones. And some are legit. The fear of love. Maybe that fear comes from an experience, a bad experience. The fear of, this one's interesting. The fear of ferns. I know. They're scary. Then there's this one, the octophobia, which is the fear, the fear of the, of the figure eight. So when you learned your numbers, you freaked out every time you did the figure eight. The fear of, the, there's the fear of the color white. There's the fear of the color black. There's, the, there's an actual fear, and I actually saw a documentary on it. This person had a fear of, of knees. Interesting. And then we'll just end with this one. There's this one. The omphalophobia, which is the fear Belly buttons. I know, scary. I know, listen, I know some of these fears are really unique. But the reality is this. Fear is real. And Jesus came to this earth to eradicate your fear. Just so you know, the whole goal of Satan is to hold you and bind you in fear. Because if he binds you, if he keeps you in fear, he will keep you from being what God's called you to be. He will keep you from taking risk. He will, he will keep you from enjoying the journey with God. And you all of a sudden you'll live in fear. And Oh, no, what are they doing? And what's that leader doing? And what's, what's my pastor doing? And what's the music guy doing? And what's, the, oh, my gosh, they turn the lights down. Oh, I got to turn the lights up. And you, you live in this world of fear. And it robs you. And here's what's crazy about the enemy, how he plants lies of fear. Many times I see this even in marriages, where all of a sudden, the enemy plants this fear of suspicion towards the other person. He says, you know what? They're cheating on you. And all of a sudden you start rehearsing this idea in your mind, and the fear becomes so real, then you begin acting like it's real, then you begin treating the other person like the fear that you have is actually true, but it's not true. But what happens is it, is it creates the distance as though it is real, because the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. That's what Christmas is about. The message of Christmas is you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be controlled anymore. Because in the name of Jesus, fear can be broken off of your life. That's what the message of Christmas is about. Because this fear that the enemy wants to bring is paralyzing, it's crippling, it keeps us in a box, it keeps us suspicious of everybody, it keeps us from growing, it keeps our children from flourishing and, and going out and becoming what God's called them to, to do and to be. It keeps us from new opportunity. It keeps us from finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making a difference with our lives. Many times we can even have fear of what God's will is for us. We've, we're afraid, but what if God asks me to do something, and what if he's really not good? What if the word of God that, that, that declares to me how I'm to live my life, actually what it is, it's the fear that maybe Maybe I know more than what God does. And so fear keeps us from obeying the word of God. Because we, we doubt, is it really true that the ways of God are the best for my life? I don't know. I'm afraid. What if they're not? 
What if Romans 8.28 isn't true? What if God doesn't work all things together for my good? We know what that means. I better control everything in my life out of fear. Jesus has come to prove to us that we can be free from fear. That, that God's plan for us is actually good. The enemy wants us to think, you know what, if I, but we, we start running into, actually, sometimes it's just our own human nature. We're afraid. We think, you know what, God, I don't know if I completely surrender everything to you. You, make, you may ask me to give up something I don't want to give up, and I'm afraid of that. Or, Lord, if I give you everything in my life, you might make me have to deal with the brokenness in my own life that I've ignored or areas of my life that I've compromised over the years, and I don't want to give that up. Or we're afraid that God might ask me to go somewhere I don't want to go. He might ask me to, to, to not go somewhere that I want to go. Or he might ask me not to marry the person I'm engaged with right now. Or I don't want to ask God what his plans are for my life. Because I want to get a divorce. I don't care what God says. Or he might ask me to... I need to give, he might ask me to, to give money to him. He might ask me to start tithing to him. And I don't want to tithe, it's my money. But God's message through Christmas is even in our fear, even in our brokenness, even in our pain, even in our wrong thinking, that when we come to Jesus, his words are you don't have to live in fear anymore. Just like the, the, the angel Gabriel declared to the shepherds, he declares to you today, you don't have to be afraid anymore. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's plans, you need to know they're always good. They're always right. They always have your best interest in mind, whether it feels that way or not. He cares so much about you walking in his goodness that he sent his son to cut a pathway for you to walk in boldness, to walk in strength, to walk in security. And he sent his son so that you can understand who you are in Christ, that God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God wants you to be delivered and set free from the tormenting spirit of fear that hinders you from being and accessing all that God has for you. Amen? And he has the power to do it. When I grew up um, as, a, as a young man, from the age of probably about, I think around 12 to probably up to 15, I really struggled with the spirit of fear. I'm sure my brother can remember I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming many nights a week trembling. And this just wasn't this, this, I had a bad dream. I would wake up. I couldn't hardly breathe. I was scared. I was trembling. I couldn't even walk downstairs to, to get to my parents because I was, I was physically tormented by a spirit of fear. We lived out in the country and I, I couldn't, if I had to take the trash out, I couldn't, I would stand at the door and walk outside. I mean, what, what's going to get me a cow? Like there was nothing there. But it was, I was gripped by the spirit of fear. 
And I remember I'd stand on the edge of the door and the hair on the back of my neck would, would stand up and I would tremble and I would shake and I would, I would just had to push her to go take the trash out. And I was trembling, tears running down my face. I was gripped by the spirit of fear. Night after night after night. Irrational fears. Me waking up with nightmares and seeing things in my room and seeing things in my dream and gripped by fear. The enemy was attacking me, trying to, to, to rob me of my authority, who I am in Christ. And I would ask my parents to pray many nights, and they'd pray for me, and they'd pray for me, and nothing would happen over three years. And one night, I was trembling, I was shaking, I was 15 years. Imagine your 15-year-old trembling with fear. And I couldn't shake this fear. And I walked to my parents' room and I said, I'm, I, I'm, I, I just need you to pray for me. And I sat down in their bed, broken, weak, exhausted. The joy was robbed out of, my, out of my sleep. And my parents laid their hands on me and they said this, in the name of Jesus. And it was like a lightning bolt shot through the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I stopped my parents in the middle of prayer. I said, stop, stop, stop. It's over. Fear is gone. And it was broken off of my life that night. And I will tell you this. I despise and hate the spirit of fear. I hate it. I won't have it in my life. I won't have it in my house. And I don't want it in our church. And I'll tell you this. God sent his son Jesus to break the back of the spirit of fear that controls you, that manipulates you. You don't have to walk in fear anymore. And in the name of Jesus, you can be set free. Amen? That's one of the messages of Christmas. And this is what God wants us to understand today. Don't be afraid. Whatever happens to you, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Some of you need to hear this assurance right now. And I want you to receive it today in Jesus' name. The second message of Christmas from this passage is point number two. God's message to you is this. I really do love you. I really do love you. Jesus came as a babe in a manger because that was the expression of God's love towards you. God's heart is and was is for you to be saved. No other motivation, no other, mo no other emotion Drove God to send his son except for this one. He loves you and he made a way for you to be saved. Because he couldn't imagine you living without him. Because he knew in your darkest of moments that you would be crawling out for him, that you would need him. And he sent his son so that you could have hope. He couldn't imagine not being there with you on your worst day and also on your best day. He couldn't imagine you spending eternity in hell without him. So he sent his son as an act of love towards you because he loves you. He's crazy about you. When you walk in a room, he goes, that's my girl. That's my boy. Because he loves you. That's, that's why the angel said this to the simple shepherds. This is what he said. Today... A Savior has been born to you because God sent his Son. A.W. Tozer writes this. He says, he said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, he would have sent an uh, economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness and so God sent us a savior 
Amen. That's good news. Come on, let's give God a hand. To That's good news. The most famous verse in all of the Bible is referring to this amazing reality of what happened this night in Bethlehem. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave or he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the good news of the gospel, that God so loved the world, he sent his son Jesus to deliver you from fear and to let you know that you are loved. And number three, God's message to you this Christmas is for you to know that I am with you. This is the biggest question that really reigns in the hearts of many of us. God, are you really with me? Are you really with me? Matthew 1, 23, of this account of the birth of Jesus, the virgin, this is, what, this is what the angel says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. The birth of Jesus, Christmas, is about you knowing that God is with you. You are not alone. You may feel alone, but you are not alone. The reason why all of us have this really insecurity in our own lives about the, the nearness of God is because many of us have been abandoned by people. You've been abandoned by parents, abandoned by friends in the relationship, maybe abandoned by spouses. And that can leave us feeling vulnerable. That can leave us second-guessing the reality. Can really someone be with me? Because every other relationship I've had, it's, it is they've left me or they've left me empty or they've hurt me or they've distanced themselves from me. But Christmas is to remind us that God will never abandon you. It's that in your deepest and darkest of moment that you hear the voice of your father say, Son, daughter, I am with you. You are not alone. The good news of Christmas is not just that God loves you. It's also that God is with you all the time. It means that you don't have to face anything alone in 2020 because God is with you. Now, some people can choose to face 2020 alone because you have that right. Some of you can, can choose to face your difficulties alone. You can choose to face your pain alone. You can choose to face your disappointment alone. But I'm telling you, the message of Christmas is this. You don't have to because God said, I will be with you. When we open our hearts to the nearness of God, it gives us the security in the midst of whatever you're facing. It removes the worry. You don't have to be anxious about what's going on, even, because, even if you don't know, because you're not God, you won't know. But if you know that the one who knows all things is with you, it can give you an assurance that, you know what, I don't know, but he does. And I trust him in that. There's a reason the angel says to Mary, this child will be called Emmanuel. Because Christmas time is reminding us that God is with me. The fourth message from God through Christmas to us is this. I want you to be closer to me. I want you to be closer to me. Leading up before Jesus was ever born, the whole religious system that God had set up. But he set it up. As a type and shadow, he set it up to really magnify the distance between man and God. 
in the tabernacle or even in the temple. You couldn't. And no one could just come into God's presence. No one could just, could just run to God. No one could just have this intimate relationship with God. Only, only certain people with certain qualifi- qualifications, with certain things, and wearing certain aspects. And they had to be all these perfect things in order to be in the presence of God. But when Jesus came, it was God declaring to the world that I want you closer to me. And the account of Christmas gives you an invitation to get closer to a holy God that says, come to me. The angel said to the shepherds in Luke 2.12. So he's talking to these simple shepherds. This will be a sign to you and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Wait a minute. The angel is saying, go, you can go and find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It was an invitation. Go and find him. Get closer to the God of the universe. The angel invited them to go find God in the flesh. Like this is a big deal. The angel didn't say though, I command you or I make you. Or if you don't, you better watch out. He invited them to get closer to God. That is the message of Christmas. It's an invitation to you to get closer to God. This is what God's saying to you today. I want you closer to me. This is his heart to you today. Every one of us in this room, regardless whether you walked with God for two minutes or you don't know him today, or you've walked with him for 50 years. Every one of us can take a step closer to God today. Every one of us can, can open an area of our lives that maybe we didn't realize was closed to him. Every one of us can just draw nearer to the God of the universe. God's message to you through Christmas is not, I don't like you, but I have to just put up with you. God's message to you through Christmas is, well, I guess I have to love you. God's message to you through Christmas isn't, okay, I want you to pray to me, but will you hurry up? I got better stuff to listen to. God's message through Christmas is he doesn't have restrictions on how close you can get to him. The truth is, for all of us, and I want you to hear this today, you will be as close to God you want to be. If you think, man, Jason, I, I just, I wish I was closer to God. Well, listen, his invitation is wide open to you. You will be as close to God as you want to be. And you will be as distant from God as you want to be. He has removed all barriers and all restrictions. He's paved a way for you to come boldly into his presence And here's my question to you this Christmas. Will you accept the invitation from him to come closer? Let me encourage you, get some time. Spend it with the Lord. Don't let the busyness of Christmas make you feel like you're further away. Start to talk to him. Start to ask him to to, to just work in your life. Talk to him like you would talk to any of your good friends. Just be honest with him. Just begin to create a dialogue and talk to him. Read his word. Let it go in your life. Let it transform you. 
Not out of obligation, not oh, I have to, and not oh, I have this guilt. No, no, you just read it, let it speak to you, and trust that the Word's going to transform you and change you. He is waiting for you today to come closer. And the last message that we get from God from this Christmas season and from this account is number five. Once you know me, God says, tell someone about me. Once you know me, tell someone about me. Once you know me, share me with somebody. Luke chapter 2, speaking of the shepherds, when they had seen him, meaning Jesus, when the shepherds had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They spread the word. Everybody say, spread the word. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Listen, they didn't go and see Jesus and they'll go, go start a Christian shepherd society and meet every third Tuesday of the month and never do anything about it. We're Christians. We just not, now we know. See, we know. The angel told us, but they don't know, so let's not tell them. No, no. They didn't create these insulated societies. Their first response after meeting Jesus I gotta go tell somebody. I I I, I gotta tell them what, what what just happened to me. I gotta tell them what I just saw. I gotta tell them what I just heard. And here's what I love about this this passage. Apparently, how they told others about Jesus didn't leave them scared. It didn't leave them feeling judged. It didn't leave them feeling like, oh my gosh, they're mean. After how they communicated the message of what they had just heard and the Jesus they had just seen, it left those amazed at what shepherds, what, of what they just told them. It left them amazed. It, le it left them like wondering, wow, this must be an amazing God. They represented Jesus properly. Their faith was put into action. And my challenge to us and to you, it's a challenge I've been speaking to us about for three years now. When's the last time you told someone about Jesus? Have we created our own Christian Shepherd Society? Or did we make a decision? I'm going to do what the shepherds did. I'm going to tell someone. It's, it is as simple as this. Let me remove all this, this strange stuff about how to share my faith. and how. No, it's simple as this. Hey, just so you know, Jesus loves you. Merry Christmas. That's it. You've just shared John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That's all you have to do. Let me encourage you. As you feel the resistance to that, let me tell you what, that's the enemy not wanting the good news to pass from your lips. The enemy's strategy is to keep, listen, if he can't keep you from, say, from being saved, he'll keep you from speaking about the one who saved you. I'm being honest with you today. The message and the gospel of Jesus Christ is to be proclaimed. It's to be preached. When's the last time you intentionally loved someone with the intention to, to open the door so that you can share Christ to them? 
When's the last time you invited someone to church? Say, hey, listen, I'm going to church. You want to just come with me on Sunday? If you find yourself not being able to answer any of those questions, let me encourage you. Get the heart of the shepherds. Reject the heart of, the, of a Western Christianity that says, my faith is about me. No, it's just, you know, it's my faith. It's about me. It's about mine. It's about I. It's about we. No, it's about a lost and dying world. That Jesus, his last words, go into all the world and tell people about me. Wherever your world is, it's time that you tell someone. It's time that you take on the nature and the heart of the Apostle Paul that says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of it. And that means you're going to have to, you're going to, have to step out in faith. You're going to have to reject the fear that I spoke about. And you're going to have to walk in a way that shares the gospel of Jesus to other people. When's the last time that you told someone, just so you know, Jesus loves you. And just let, leave that. If the door opens further, you can share further. If it doesn't, you've planted a seed. Faith, church, is not about me, myself, and I. It's about the mission of God, the message of God, and the hope of God to the world. And we are to carry that out to the world. Amen? And this is God's message to you this Christmas. You don't have to be afraid. I really do love you. I am with you. Now, go tell someone about me. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.